All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, April 14th of 2023 here, wrapping up the week of shows, looking ahead to the weekend. Uh, we have a ton of DFS action happening today throughout the weekend. We have a two-game NBA slate today, uh, another NBA slate on Saturday. We have a 12-game MLB main slate today, a two-game hockey slate 14 fight card for Saturday for MMA. We got NASCAR trucks, Xfinity, and we also have a four-game XFL slate starting on Saturday. So if you are not joined up with Saberson, there's a link in the description below to a seven-day, no-strings-attached free trial. Check us out and uh, get your questions answered on this show, Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saberson. Uh, you know, on this show, we talk about um, – different strategies, how to use the app, etc. You can ask your questions live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. There's also a link to join the Discord in the description below. A lot of good DFS conversation happening in there each and every day. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up here and going to jump into a couple questions we have here in the Discord to get us going. But there are... Um, not too many questions, so if anybody has any, now is a great time to get them in. As always, looks like our first uh, question question came in from Kay Mason here. I'm going to get this one in the chat. Uh, Kay Mason said, after I build lineups, is there any way to filter lineups for certain players? For example, which of my 150 lineups have Levine, DeRozan, Vucic in them? Thanks. Okay, so this is a basketball question. Let's go over to NBA. Um, I'm going to get some NBA lineups going here. Should be a fun day of MMA and going to make my two adjustments here in the home screen, going to build some lineups. And then we can talk about how to filter lineups, how to see, you know, how many lineups have a certain combination of players, etc. All right. Lineups are finalizing here and lineups are loading. And boom, we are now in the post build. So if you want to see, you know, how many lineups have a certain combination of players, what I would do is, you know, use these plus and minus icons here. Um, if you're looking for guys from a certain team, easiest way to do this. And it looks like some people were helping out. Appreciate you guys jumping in and, and uh, giving K Mason some answers here. But you can just search CHI to pull up all of the CHI players here. And then uh, that'll, you know, make it easier to find these guys. That way you don't have to search for every single player. So, you know, if you want to search Vucic, um, Vucic, actually, uh, use the plus icon on him. And then we said DeRozan, use the plus icon on him. And then we said Levine, use the plus icon on him. So what this will do is it will just look at your pool of however many lineups. We have 500 in this case. And then just start to narrow it down based on these filtering mechanics here. So there are six lineups in our pool that have a combination of these three players. And then you can see, you know, where these lineups rank in your pool. We have one in 50th, one in 118, 231, 358, et cetera here. And then you say, you know what? I want to make sure that I get to some lineups with this combination. So maybe you say that, hey, I want to play 25% um, of my lineups have this combination. So that would be five players out of this 20 here. So then you can just use this lock icon to make sure that these players get into your set. So once you lock in a lineup, we are never going to not include that lineup here. And we'll always make sure that those five lineups are part of your 20. 
even if you decrease this number back to 20, those five lineups are going to be prominent in that set here. So then if you uh, go drop back down to 20, scroll down here to the bottom-ish, and then you'll see these locked lineups that you include in, now included in your set. So that's how I would do that. Um, I think the filters are good. You can use, you know, let's see lineups with Vucevic and no DeRozan, you know, and then you get different combinations of, of those type of lineups. So I think you can do a couple different things with that here. I think that is the best way to look at certain player combination combinations as the app stands now. All right. Next question here from D Wibbins. And this is our last question in the discord. All right. D Wibbins said for MLB, at what point does the number of full slate games get so small that playing some smaller stacks for teams makes sense, if at all? Okay, good question here. Um, so I don't know if there's like a hard and fast number really for this. I'm just going to jump over to um, MLB for today here. But I think that, you know, in in general, what you can assume, what you can like believe to be true in general here is that on a bigger slate, you're not going to need the optimal to win, right? We are trying to build the winning lineup, not the highest scoring lineup. As games shrink, as number of games on the slate shrinks, you know, that in turn decreases the number of players in the player pool. Uh, you are going to move closer and closer to the optimal. I still don't think you're going to get there, even on like a three-game turbo slate like we have up on the screen here. You're still not going to need the optimal, but you're going to need closer to that, right? Um, you're going to need to, you know, have that one team on the slate that goes off. Let's say there's six uh, six teams, three games here, and uh, Arizona, you know, scores 12 12 runs, you're probably going to need a big Arizona stack to to win there, right? Just because uh, the number of lineups, you know, in, in the in the contest, there are going to be so many people that have an Arizona stack. You're going to need that component and then whatever, uh, you know, secondary stack or, or right pitcher combination from there, right? So you're going to move closer and closer to the optimal. I really let the builder kind of guide me in, in determining what is needed on a slate to slate basis here. I think like a good way is, you know, let's go look at our 12 game um, main slate today. So we'll run a build here and then we'll run one for our turbo slate, uh, which is a three gamer. And then we'll see how they differ. Right. I think that, you know, the builder is going to say, Hey, you know, these stack combinations make the most sense for this size slate. And then that can kind of guide you as to what is the general theme that the builder is kind of pushing you towards to build winning lineups for a slate here. So let's build 500 lineups for this 12 uh, game slate. And then let's build 500 lineups for our three game turbo slate. I'm kind of interested to see how those two slate sizes match up against each other. But we have our 12 game 500 lineups here. I'm going to go over to stack types. I'm mostly looking at pool here just to kind of get a general sense of what is good for this uh, contest overall here. So pool size, we, we have... 82% of our lineups have a five stack here and, um, you know, some, some meddling four stacks, uh, naked five stacks, some other four stacks from there really no three stacks really at all here. Uh, four total three stacks in our pool of 500 plus lineups here. So, so on this big 12 game, you know, the builder is saying, Hey, full stack, it's, it's, it is the best thing that you can do. And then now we're going to go back to the home screen 
we're going to go over to this three-game turbo slate, and then we're just basically going to do the same exercise here. So I'm going to build 500 lineups for this smaller slate. Let these run, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. But but I think the builder is, is you know, re- very good. Uh, a research tool can kind of tell you things without really telling you things, right? All right, so I'm going to go over to stack types. Uh, going to go over to pool, sort by pool here. We're seeing uh, very similar, I guess, even on this three-game slate. Uh, we do have some more three stacks. We even have like one, two stack. But I think that in general, uh, another thing that you could use is like, hey, my correlation slider is down here. So on our big 12-game slate, our correlation slider was at 10. Now our correlation slider is at six. So correlation is being valued a little less. Our uh, five stacks went from like 82% down to about 75%. So a, a little lower, right? And a little more four stacks here. So stacking, you know, is all it. My conclusion is that stacking still reigns supreme on a three game slate versus a 12 game slate. Uh, you can get a little different. The sliders are telling me, hey, you know, correlation uh, can come down a little bit on a smaller slate. We can get a little more four stacks, a little more three stacks, but um, you know, I'm still getting the general sense that heavy stacking is probably still good on any game slate size here. So that's, that's my conclusion. If anybody has, you know, a different conclusion uh, that's okay. Right. Uh, Run builds, you know, have this back and forth with the builder, get a general sense of what you should be kind of uh, shooting for and then build your lineups accordingly, make decisions based on that information, uh, whether you go with it or go against it, at least you know kind of what the builder is saying, and then you could consciously make those decisions to stack less. And then if you wanted to stack less, you know, I would start with lowering the correlation slider even further here to try and do that, but I don't think you really need to, and I would just uh, kind of kind of follow the builder guidelines in this scenario but really good question there all right next question from john stanger uh john it's been a little bit man hope you are doing okay all right uh john said hey andrew it's been a while but i have a question for you today <laughs> that's so funny i just said that uh i feel pretty comfortable when i when it comes to mme with getting my exposures where i want and using i'm sorry getting my exposures where I want and using min uniques, et cetera. I was wondering what else you might look for on days when playing light slash only playing a single entry lineup. Since since there's no exposures to worry about, I often find myself just playing the top ranked lineup, which is probably fine, but just want a few things uh, to look for. And then follow up here was i feel like it's it seems harder to find where to take a stand sometimes with a single entry since it's all in on a player or not okay so this is a good question uh i i i did something like this with um my my qualifier lineups last year so like i made like a big push like hey you know i'm gonna play the bando qualifiers and i'm gonna try and qualify for the life final right and and i got a seat and and that was great but it was a good experience managing like a one to like five lineups that like I really cared about and figuring out, you know, how to find the best one to five lineups in, in a very small set. Right. So what I would do is I would do all of my normal slate research 
as if I was playing a large contest. And then really where I got kind of uh, really like zoned in was in the post build process. So I would run my research builds. You know, I, I've, I've talked about running one for pitchers with no correlation, running one for stacks with like a modified correlation, and then getting a sense of, you know, where is ownership going? I would look at um, ownerships for different teams and kind of estimate stack ownership and uh, do something along those lines to just get a kind of general sense for what are what teams are people going to be targeting, what um, what pitchers do do players want to play, what pitchers are going to be the highest owned, kind of figure out, you know, are there any good leverage spots based on my research builds, and then kind of go from there. And then I think that, you know, when you're playing one to three lineups, uh, let's just say one, right? You're playing like one lineup. You kind of got to decide – I, in my opinion, um, what, where, where you want to go, what team do you want to stack? You know, what team do you not want to stack, et cetera. Right. So in this pool here, I don't know what are the highest owned teams or anything like that, but let's say, you know, you're playing this 12 game main slate. You want to build one lineup, right? Um, who's the chalk, you know, do you, are you comfortable playing the chalk? If you're playing the chalk, where are you getting different? You know, are you playing the chalk pitchers, the chalk batters, uh, where is your leverage coming from, et cetera, here. What I would do normally when I wanted to like pick one lineup is I would start with looking at uh, like the top 10% of my pool and then saying, okay, you know, in the top 10% of my pool, who does Saberson really like? And and for me, that would be Cleveland here. And then it says, okay, you know, Saberson really likes Cleveland in the top 10% of my pool. Um, how did I feel about Cleveland in my research, did I, did I like Cleveland? Was I indifferent to Cleveland? Uh, did I not like them? You know, do I want to go with, with a, with one of these other, you know, 17 lineups here in the top 50 um, or, or am I okay playing them? Right. And then I would kind of do the same thing for pitchers here saying, you know, what pitchers do I really like? Uh, what pitchers are really popping? You know, do I agree with this? Do I not agree with this? And then just, just slowly start to kind of narrow that down. I, I think that starting with like the top 10% of your pool can give you a better idea of, you know, uh, like, like looking at one lineup, it, it, it's great. It's fine, but it's only one lineup, right? Start a little wider and then kind of zone in and, and figure out where you want to go. So maybe you're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm fine playing Cleveland here. So then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to shrink this down to like 20 lineups now. So it's okay. You know, I'm good with Cleveland. You know, we're still getting a lot of Cleveland in my top 20, um, how do I feel about these other teams? How do I still feel about the pitchers here? And um, ultimately where I would end up would be like, hey, I'm going to look at the top 10 lineups or I'm going to look at 10 lineups. And then I'm going to figure out from this 10, you know, the EV of these lineups is probably really similar. Uh, they're They're technically different here, but they're also kind of the same, I guess. So like, the, the EV, I, I've, I've talked to Matt about this a little bit. Uh, the EV between like your first lineup and your 10th lineup is not so dramatically impactful, but the EV from like your 10th lineup to your 100th lineup can be a little more of a gap there, right? So, so in general, I'm like fine playing any of these lineups and I'm kind of going through here and figuring out which one I do want to play, which stack sizes I want to play, et cetera. So I would just like take these 10 lineups, however you get to them and start narrowing it down from there. So let's say that, okay, I want to make sure I'm playing a five stack. So then I'm going to look and then I'm going to say like, okay, all of these are five stacked. 
uh, that's great. Maybe maybe I want to use a uh, five three stack, right? And then I would start getting rid of these five twos, just kind of trashing them. Um, you know, getting rid of the five twos, trying to find a reason to get rid of lineups and start to narrow that down, right? So then I'm going to get rid of all these five twos. I'm down to five lineups. Um, down to four lineups three lineups. So great. Now I'm down to three lineups, right? I've, I've used some criteria. I think stacking is generally good to get down to these three lineups. They all have a Cleveland stack. Great. Um, this one only has a three Cleveland stack. This is like a small Cleveland stack. So maybe I want to say, you know, I want to play Cleveland as my five stack. I think Cleveland is, you know, the, the team that was popping the most. I want to make sure that my big stack is Cleveland, not my small stack. And then now, you know, great. I'm down to two lineups. Um, and then I could figure out, you know, which one I want to go with from here. Maybe I don't like this one because uh, these pitcher, maybe I want to like kind of eat the chalk pitchers more than anything. And then, uh, you know, play like a low owned three stack. So I'm going to say Milwaukee's kind of lower owned. I want to go with the Milwaukee three stack, play more of the chalk pitchers. Maybe this is like a smaller field contest, something like that. I'm not so comfortable playing this 10% and 5% owned pitchers in this eighth rank lineup and then boom now i have my lineup that i that i want to go with so uh that is kind of like what i think uh what what i do with like my single entry process it's like let's look at you know a sample of this pool you know top 10 percent, and then let's start to use that information to narrow to narrow to narrow and then i ultimately find the one lineup that i want to take with me into my contest so that 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 is what i think uh is is a good way to figure out how to find one to a few lineups, you know, we could have stopped at, you know, three lineups and then took those three lineups, whatever that may be. But those are my thoughts there. So let me know if anybody has any feedback or additional thoughts, but I uh, hope I answered your question, John. All right. Jumping over to the YouTube chat. Looks like we have a question from AK and then uh, no more questions. So if anybody has any questions, now's a great time to get them in. AK said, people talk about, only stacking players from the front of the lineups. Is this an outdated MLB DFS theory? And then second part, uh, does Saberson already do a fine job with managing the batting lineups without having to implement a rule like this? So AK, I think this is like a great question. Uh, I talk about this a lot, like on, uh, especially short slates. I think short slates, it makes uh, a lot of sense. I also think that stock stacking the chalky teams um, and then working in bottom of the order players is also a great way to play the chalk team, but play it in a different way than other people are playing it. So, so to answer the first part of your question, uh, people talk about only sagging players from the front end of the lineups. Is this an outdated MLB DFS theory? My, my short answer is yes, I, I think it is. And I think that this is where you can find edge in today's DFS environment, right? We're always looking for edge. We're always looking for ways to exploit the field. I think making sure that you can get to an array of players from, you know, or in the batting order one through nine is probably a, a great thing to try and target here. So let's, let's say that we're going to play Cleveland, right? That's, that's the team that we were rolling with from the first example here. Um, but let's say that, you know, we're not playing just one lineup. Let's say we're playing, uh, let's say we're playing 150 lineups, right? We have 150 lineups and Cleveland is our most owned stack, right? Uh, you know, we have 46% Cleveland. Let's say I'm not going to touch this, right? I'm not going to do anything further to, to limit this stack exposure that I'm okay with this. One thing that I like to do is I like to go into players. I like to sort by team here 
And then I like to go and see how much exposure I have to all the hitters in Cleveland. And I'm doing this because I want to make sure that I'm getting some amount to all players in the lineup here. So I'm going to go scroll down to find Cleveland. And we're almost there. Okay, boom. So I'm at Cleveland now. So then what, what I will basically do is I want I'll, I also want to see um, their pool exposure here. So what I can do is I can just bring that into the screen here. So I'm going to scroll this one over. And then now, so I'm looking at players on Cleveland. I'm looking at their batting order. So like Miles Straw is batting nine. And we only have two lineups with Miles Straw. We actually only have four lineups in the pool, so that kind of sucks. But if this was like a bigger number, I, I probably would have increased this here, increased my exposure to him specifically. Uh, if we go look at other players, we're getting to – see, like this is like really high. We have one uh, – well, we have Stephen Kwan, right, batting first in the lineup. But we have 44% of our lineups that have him, and we only have 16% in our pool. So, like, this seems like a lot of Stephen Kwan exposure to me, and I would be – really open to, to limiting this here. And then just, just like for some other thoughts, you know, Med Rosario, we have 40%. And then I think like Mike Zanino, we only have 4.7%. So I, I'm looking for, I'm when I, when I am stacking a chalky team, you know, for if, if they were chalky, right. The ownerships don't look like they're like super chalky. This is more kind of like a saber sim leverage play in my opinion. But if the, players were like uh really chalky i'm looking to get even exposure to all of them and then i think especially on like short slates it makes more sense um something i'll do on short slates where you know you're kind of getting to like all the teams and we can go back to this three game turbo slate here so if you're playing you know 150 entries on like a small turbo slate here you're you're usually you're going to get some exposure to like all the stacks so I'm just going to go say I'm playing 150 lineups on this three game turbo. Um, if I go to my team stacks, you know, I'm getting exposure to all the teams on the slate and I'm getting at least 11% to the lowest and then I'm getting 72 to the highest. Uh, I think something that you could do is come in here and then just like literally sort by batting order and then make sure you're like matching the pool exposure or just getting to some of all of these guys here. Right. So Jonathan scope, like, I don't know how he's doing these days, but he, he could hit some home runs when he was with Baltimore, even when he was with Detroit. I really don't know uh, how he's been doing lately, but I'm I'm open to getting to some of him in the nine hole here. Uh, Joey Bart, you know, maybe we want to get at least 3% there. And, um, you know, Tyler Nevin, let's get to like a little bit of him. It's like, let's make sure that, you know, we're getting some exposure to these bottom of the order guys that we think a lot of people are going to, avoid a lot of people are not going to play i i would be probably a little cautious with like brandon marsh here really high owned uh in in the uh in the latter half of the order here but i think you could like find leverage and uh make sure that you're kind of spreading it out by getting to some of these guys here so just just trying to find different ways to exploit the field do different type of roster constructions but i really do like the question ak i think it's a good question and i would make sure that you are like thinking about those things when building your lineups. All right. Uh, Jonathan Rupert said, what is your process for NBA showdown strategy to get different? Uh, good question there. So let's go over to NBA. 
let's talk about some showdown here. Um, I think like the biggest thing for me is uh, really quick. Uh, AK said, thanks a lot. That brings a lot to try in my next build. Yep. Happy to help out, man. Uh, good luck to you. Okay. So getting back to the showdown question. So it looks like we still have a, um, a build here. I would say that I, I'm just going to use this past build. So we don't have to wait for more lineups to generate here. But what I would say is that, you know, when I am playing showdown in general, I am usually using some type of geomean rule or filter to try and find uh, lineups that are not going to be as heavily duplicated here. So if you're on the pro plan, what you could do is you could use a filter based on a custom metric. So what you have to do first is build a custom metric. And all you would do is go to add metric. You would do my own um, product geomean, and then you would do value, right? And that's exactly what I have right here something that I've already created. And then once you have that custom metric, uh, it'll show up as like a summary statistic in, underneath every lineup. And then you could filter based on that, right? So let's say that, you know, I wanted to build lineups or I wanted to make sure the lineups that I entered were projected to be duped no more than 10 times. So then let's say I'm playing like a 10,000 entry contest here. What I would do is I would pull out my calculator and then I would do 10, which is the number of dupes I'm shooting for, divided by 10,000. So let's say it's a 10,000 person contest to the power of one divided by the number of positions in the lineup. So that's six. And then that is going to come out to 31.62 here. So then I would go into my uh, filters and then I would go to add filter. And I, for me, I'm going to say hide lineups where geomean is greater than 31.62. Uh, you could do this differently. You could say, you know, show lineups where Geomean is less than. So then, boom, now I have automatically trashed 15 lineups where the Geomean is higher than that value. Interestingly, that, you know, my top three lineups were all above that Geomean here. So now my top lineup is actually my fourth ranked lineup. Uh, maybe another step I want to take is maybe I don't want to play any lineups that use max salary. So then maybe I say, you know, hide lineups where salary is greater than, and then I'm going to say 49,900. So then now I've gotten rid of like another 70-ish lineups here. So with, with Showdown specifically, I am trying to find reasons to not play lineups. I am trying to find ways to take my pool of optimal lineups based on our simulations, our single game sims. And then I'm trying to find a way to shrink that down, narrow that down to the lineups I do want to play. Uh, for classic slates, I'm, I'm trying to do the opposite. I'm trying to build as big of a pool as possible with lineups that I think are viable and then get as diverse as possible. I'm not as concerned about diversity in showdown, mostly because a lot of times in showdown, you know, you could have a one-for-one -one player swap where that could be the, the difference between an optimal lineup that gets first place and then a lineup that does not get first place. So in these sports where you need an optimal to win more often than not, I'm okay leaving leaving men uniques at one and I'm okay uh, having lineups that share five out of six players and then doing a one for one swap. Uh, if, if that's, you know, if that construction, if that combination of players is coming up multiple times throughout the Sims here, and then I just want to find the set of lineups that are going to be least duplicated from there. So from here, I've, I've already trashed 84 lineups. I think that's fine. And then I would be comfortable taking, you know, the top 20 that remain from here and then playing those. Or if I wanted to come in 
and, you know, further go into any type of fine-tune adjustments, whether that be captain exposures, whether that be um, stack exposures, team stacks, uh, whatever it may be, you know, maybe I want to make sure that I am um, getting to a certain team. I don't know what the spread is or anything like that. From Based on this, it looks like Minnesota is probably the favorite here. Uh, but maybe I want to take an opposite approach where I want to stack the underdog more than the favorite here. And maybe I want to get to some more OKC or just do something to get different from the field, right? But I think that this is the right approach. Uh, you're going to get good lineups because we are building your lineups on Sim Diversity 10 where we are taking these single game instances and building the optimal lineup based on the Sims. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with what the lineups look like. And then I'm just trying to find the best 20 that I want to take with me into my contests. All right. Uh, next question here from AK said, I've been using the GeoMean on the standard plan and it was successful last night for MLB. Yeah, that's great. So, so actually thank you for bringing that up. So I talked about how to use this uh, as a custom metric, how to use this as filters on the pro plan. If you're on the standard plan and uh, you can build custom metrics, what you could do, like AK is saying, is that you could come into your lineup rules. You could do an add new rule. You could go aggregate. You could go my own product geo or geo mean no more than, and then we can do 31.62, which is the calculation that we did on our calculator. You save this as a rule. And then when we generate your lineups, uh, we will make sure that all of your lineups are under this geo mean. So it works a little differently, has a little more of an effect on the Sims, but ultimately uh, can get to kind of the same conclusion using that rule. Uh, AK said, but on a showdown of NBA, I swear there were over 25 people sharing the same lineup as me, even with the GL mean. Is there a good way to gauge what we should enter for considering a number of duplicates when calculating the formula for a contest? So, yeah, so I, I think that, you know, basketball, you probably will see that a little more than something like MLB. Um, MLB, just a wider range of outcomes in general. Basketball is like a lot more... Uh, Projection based, you could you could follow the projections a lot more and kind of get there. I think that's like where adding that salary component can also play into it as well. It's like, hey, you know, the GeoMean is 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 low, great, but you know, these lineups are still all max salary. I think just using max salary in general will kind of up the number of times that that lineup can be played. So I think doing something with salary, um, you know, doing something maybe with avoiding some of the highest owned captains uh, can can be a second and third step to making sure that your dupes stay down in general. All right. Uh, jumping back to the discord question here from John. John said going off of that MLB stacking question, is there a way to filter by five stacks and then increasing exposure to players for those specific stack types? Or do you just have to assume that the player will be tied to some sort of stack by limiting the stacks available to play. Uh, so, so you can check this using like the filters, right? Let's go back to MLB. And then let's go back to our 12 game main slate. And then we'll pull up this build here that we ran. So let's say that, you know, there is a team that you know you want to five stack and you know that you want to use a specific player, right? So like, let's say that we're talking about Cleveland like we were before. Let's say you want to see how many lineups Jose Ramirez is in, and then you want to see how many of the lineups Jose Ramirez is in that are five stacks here. And then so I would use a filter on him. What we're going to see is that in our 150, 
we have 62 lineups with him. And then in our pool, we have 118 lineups with him. Then what you can do is you can go to your stack types. These um, exposures are going to update. So if you were to add these up, this would add up to, I believe, 62. So 36 plus 20 is 56. 56 plus 3 is 59. So then we have plus 2, 61 plus 1. This would be 62. So these are the stack combinations for all of your Jose Ramirez lineups. So you can like check these and see what they look like. Uh, here we have, you know, 56 of our 62 lineups that have Jose Ramirez are five stacks. So I wouldn't have to make any adjustments beyond this. But I think what you could do is if you said, hey, you know, I want to make sure that my lineups with him are five stacked, uh, you could include a filter to be a four stack. And then you could just trash these lineups. So like, hey, don't have any lineups that have Jose Ramirez and a four stack, put those in the trash and then get rid of those. And then I can get rid of the four, four. And then I can do the same thing for this four, three, like, Hey, you know, I don't want any of these four, three lineups that have him. I only want these five stacked lineups with him. And then now I'm only left with five stacks of Jose Ramirez. And then, uh, boom. Yeah. So that, like, that is one way I think these, um, bulk trashing options that you see here, are a good option to getting rid of some of these lineups that you don't want to play. Ooh. All right, everybody. Um, those were our last questions in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. I'll, I'll hang around for a couple minutes here, see if any final questions come in here. But this is a good time to talk about owner's box going into the weekend here. Uh, I've been I've been talking about it regularly regularly on this stream. And it continues to, to have value here. So I'm going to keep talking about it. But SaberSim is now supporting Owner's Box. Uh, we do have a promotion where if you play on Owner's Box and use promo code Saber or SaberSim, you, we will track your entry fees. And then for different entry fee limits that you achieve over time, there is no time limit on these. Uh, we will reach out to you and say, hey, you know, you have reached $3,500 in entry fees on Owner's Box. You have achieved a one free month of a standard plan. Do you want to claim that or do you want to roll it over and wait till you get to one free month of pro or one free month of our prop plan? And then once you claim it, uh, your entry fees reset and then we will start tracking it again and then reach out to you accordingly every time you reach that threshold. And then they also have a $500 deposit bonus that you can uh, use. So check it out. Their site is having a lot of contests that overlay. The contests are softer. A, a lot of the top players are not playing over on owner's box. So I think it's a great thing to take advantage of early in the MLB season here. All right. Going to get Saberson pulled back up here. And it looks like we have a question from Benny Hanna. Been a little bit, Benny Hanna. Hope you are doing well. So it says, is there an efficient way to include different combinations of batting order positions? For instance, I want to include fifth or sixth position batters in my build. I am late. Thanks in advance, Andrew. Yep, no worries. Uh, so there's not a great way to like force these combinations. I would say that one thing you can do is uh, you could say you could do like a stack rule. And then what you could say is like, hey, stack at least um, three players and then make sure that I am using uh, a certain position with them. So I think that, you know, this gets a little tricky here with um, if you do 
uncheck these, then like you'll be excluding some some positions, right? But I think that if you wanted to be like some people come in the show, like, hey, you know, I don't really want to stack seven, eight, nine hitters. You know, how do I avoid that? Uh, I would just say do a stack roll and then uncheck those batters here, and then you know you could focus on these stacks. I think it's kind of hard to say, hey, make sure it has at least a five or six because I think if you uncheck all of these except five or six, then it will try to not include these other ones in your lineup. But um, I think that what you could do is like something similar to how I said with the chalky batters. This might be like a little more time intensive, unfortunately here, but what you could do is sort by team in the post build and then just like scroll through these really quickly. You could go to all batters to get rid of pitchers. And then you can see what your exposures are to these different positions um, at on, on different teams here. So like, okay, fifth batter, third batter, second batter, fourth batter. And then I, I prefer to just look at like the teams that I am stacking heavily here and kind of go from there. So what I would do is say, I wonder if you could do two filters. No, you can't. I was hoping like, hey, we could go team and then we could go a uh, projection. You could also go by order too. This will show you like, all the eight batters and then all the seven batters. And then you could do this by um, position. And then you could just know like the different teams you're looking at and then make sure you're getting to some of these guys. So maybe, maybe that's your solution, right? Uh, sort by order, go down to your five and six hole hitters here, and then just see what your exposures are for your five and six hole hitters. And then just manage those. If those are the positions that matter to you. And then, uh, make adjustments from there. But I think that's probably the best option at the moment for, for exactly what you're talking about. Kurt said, do you, do you all have any tracking for Saberson uh, being successful for the end users? So if you're interested in like seeing how our users do, where I would point you is to our winner circle. Uh, I think our winner circle is, is really cool and not something that we talk about a ton here. So let me just pull that up. So if you were to go to sabersam.com and then on our homepage here, up at the top, we have this winner circle. Hold on. Couldn't sneeze. Happens. Uh, so, so here, this is our winner circle. It's like a rewards program that we have here. Um, there are ways to participate in this rewards program and earn rewards, but this is like a, a library of victories. You know, we have a couple uh, million dollar wins here. We have our hundred K plus uh, wins from different users. And um, we also have prizes that come with these things. So if you go down to the rules here, uh, check out these rules down here at the bottom to understand how to participate in our winner circle when you win different prizes, uh, you will get different um, rewards. So if you have a $1,000 win and you follow our rules to participate, you'll get one free month of Saber Sim. You'll get a swag box and a t-shirt. The swag box usually has like a, a water bottle, some koozies, some stickers, stuff like that. You get a t-shirt. And then we have different prizes as you have different tiers here. Uh, we have a 10K tier where I believe you get a uh, sweater and a hat. And then a 100K tier where you get um, this awesome uh, Saber Sim hat and a backpack. Actually, I think you got the hat at the 10K tier. But you do get a backpack. The backpack is pretty sweet. And then we have this special spot for our Max Challenge. So this is a promotion that we run during the NFL season. 
Uh, for users who win the max challenge, which is all four of these players here, they got a custom championship belt. They got one free year of Saber Sim, and they got this special spot on the Winner's Circle page. So if you want to, you know, come and, and, and uh, check this out, uh, our logos are here in this link. You can download them. You can upload them as your avatar and then begin participating. But yeah, uh, check it out. All right, going to get Saber Sim pulled back up here. And going to catch up a little bit here. Um, Larry asked if uh, Yankees are the best stack today. I'm not. I'm not sure, man. It looks like Cleveland is is popping in the app. Um, Benny Hanna said, "Yeah, I don't want to exclude any, but I do want to get different and use different positions." Um, <laughs> Benny Hanna said, "Bless you when you sneeze. Thank you." Uh, quick question: I came in at the time you were talking about dupes. Are there any new ways we can reduce dupes aside from the sliders or point me to a video? So if you are interested in learning more about duplication here and how to avoid duplication, I would check out our, um, go to our YouTube and I'm just going to remove this question, go to the search bar and then type in, maybe it's dupe. It would be a right word. Uh, no, let's try duplication. Type in a keyword. So when does duplication matter? How can you avoid duplication in your MMA DFS? I'm assuming this means lineups. I think that, you know, duplication across the board is, um, you can watch any of these videos on duplication and kind of learn a little bit about it. I would say that, you know, geometric mean and geo mean are going to be great ways to learn about that. So product ownership and geo mean here, this is a segment that Jordan and I did talking about geo mean versus product ownership, how to apply it in the app. So check out some of these videos. I'd say anything along those lines is going to help you. Uh, we also have like a short support video on how to do that. I did like a four minute segment. So this is like a uh, quick watch. If you go down, if you go to our, I'm gonna pull up my screen here. So this is our like support library. If you're on SaberSim, you go to settings, you go to help. This will pull up our support documentation here. You go down to frequently asked questions. You go to view more. This will take you to like a library. Type in geometric mean up here. And then I have this short four, four minute video of how to ownership product and geometric mean work in the app. I talk about different ways to apply it. So this is a good quick video talking about how to limit duplication. Uh, that's like basically what we use these tools for. That's like why we added them to the app here. So I would check this out. This is a quick short watch and, and I go through that. All right. Uh, Kurt said, very cool. Thanks again. Yep. Happy to help. Uh, Banks, Larry said, what are your thoughts on Josh Lowe for the Tampa Bay Rays? Uh, I think the Tampa Bay Rays have been, you know, on a tear. Uh, I don't have like individual player takes here. Um, where is Lowe anyways? So let's see. Uh, maybe Brandon. Brandon Lowe, Brandon Lau, not not Josh. Uh, I don't I don't even see Josh. It looks like we're not projecting Josh to start at the moment. So I, I would be uh, aware of that. Wait for the lineups to come out. If you're in our Discord, we have our MLB lineup alerts channels. We pull in the underdog MLB tweets. You could see when the lineups come out, and then you could um, also see you know when we kick off our new sims, and then it'll say like lineup TB has been confirmed, and then it'll say like. We have a confirmed lineup for Tampa Bay. We have a confirmed lineup for Toronto. Also, when those lineups are confirmed, you'll see green check marks 
here in the app by the teams. And then if you filter by the teams, you'll also see a green check mark in these status columns to let you know that, hey, this lineup has been confirmed. These are the confirmed starters. These are where they are hitting in the order, et cetera. Uh, Benny Hanna said, okay, I've watched those. Thought you were talking about something new. Thank you. Have been able to incorporate that yet. Uh, yes, I was here when you did that live. Awesome. Okay, glad you were able to catch those. AK said, thanks for the length of your office hours, Andrew. Always very informative. Yeah, man. No, I'm happy to uh, sit here and answer questions as long as questions are coming in. I think like Fridays are always a good show. People, you know, have questions going into the weekend. I think Mondays are always good. People have questions over the weekend. They drop those in the channel. They let those sit there. We, we get to those over the weekend. I think it's uh, during the middle of the week where um, the show can get a little lighter. But going into the weekend, always a lot of questions. So happy to answer questions as long as they are coming in here. But that being said, I think those are all the questions we had today. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Good luck to you over the weekend. I wish you guys luck. So until Monday, our next show, take care, and I will see you. Bye.